Good evening and welcome to episode 82 of The Empire Strikes Back, a UK-based podcast for New York Yankees fans. I'm your host tonight, Mark. I'm joined tonight by three of my compadres in no particular order. Chris is on mute and trying to drink. Hey, Chris. I'm good. I'm good. And uh, definitely uh, preferred order by the sound of it. Uh, not necessarily. Um, just to prove that, next we'll have Rob. Uh, evening. I'm, I'm I'm naturally worried that we're doing this, having been on a good run of form. And the best way of screwing up a Yankee season is for is for us to record. So let's just see what magic we bring tonight. Uh, and, and he's not here tonight, old Captain Neg himself, because he's going so well at the moment. So he's uh, sunning himself in uh, different climes. Um, so we've drafted in Mr. UK New York Yankees himself, Jack Brown. Hey Mark, yeah, it makes sense for us to bench Kev when we've actually got something good to talk about because he'll naturally just <laughs> the, the Scotsman in him just naturally brings everyone crashing back down to earth. So, yeah, again, I echo what Rob says. I'm very nervous about recording tonight because, yeah, we could uh single handedly ruin the next couple of weeks for the New York Yankees with this pod. Okay, so we're recording this on <laughs> the recording this on the fourth of May. The Yankees are currently eight and six. They've got the best record in the majors. They've won eleven straight. They've got leaders in home runs. Oddly enough, they've also got the best defense in the majors at the moment. And that sums up our podcast. So it's been great speaking to you, lads. Um, it's all going really well. Thanks so much. No, who wants to start? Who wants to dissect this uh, this run that we're on at the moment? Who wants to have a go first? Um, I suppose it just you can't really put it any simpler than it can't really get much better. I don't think. I don't think anyone expected us to be. We all thought. I think well, most of us thought we'd have a good, a good team. Maybe not a hundred win team or, or even a ninety plus win team. But we thought we had a good team. But um, to have the start we've had, uh, playing what seven fifty baseball at the moment. Um, I don't think many twelve games above five hundred. I don't think many people would have predicted it. And just it's, it's the way we're winning as well. There's not, there's not too many games that you could say are similar. We seem to win a different way every single night. We don't see even when we're um, down and out, especially the one that stands out to me is the Kansas City game when Severino was pitching down 4-1. I think it was into the fifth. Severino was on the ropes. Somehow got out of that inning, keeping it down to 4-1, come back. One, two, three, next inning after we got it to you know four, three. We just that kind of win that didn't happen last year would never have happened last year. We would have thrown in the towel and just gone right. We'll get we'll get away kind of thing. So yeah, very, very, very pleasing start to the season. I think even last night I was watching the highlights of last night. We got the rub of the green on some umpiring decisions. Um, if I was a Blue Jays fan, I'd be really sore about a couple of those as well. Um, which kind of disguised the fact that it looked like a blowout victory and actually it was a bit closer than that from what I can see. So, yeah, we're getting, we're winning games in different ways, I think, at the moment. It's the sack, sack flies. You know, it's, 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 it's that mix up, it's that variety, it's moving runners on from third base. Kind of falafel. Uh, and the Castro's pace is that all the things we were saying at the end of last year, we don't steal bases. We don't run the bases particularly well. We don't put uh, bat on ball. Uh, and actually, we've done those things so far. You know, you know, I was a bit I was a bit ranty and a bit sweary after losing up at the Oreos. I'll be honest with you. I didn't like... I, for me, I was starting to worry that we're going to do this thing where we don't take the start of the season seriously and you're four games behind. But that hasn't come to pass, I think, Um Judge is looking incredible. I think the pit is pitching, pitching, pitching is just absolutely sensational at the moment. Uh, there's an awful lot of things to be happy about. And uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre <laughs> in a lot of ways, but uh, enjoyable to watch. And I, I was listening to that game you're referring to, Jack, in the car on the way back. And it was, it's one of those, it's one of those games that you th- last season would have gone the other way, big style, and it's just at the moment, just think things seem to be falling the way they are. And uh, Gonzalez's effort last night was uh, was most amusing. Most amusing if the if the Blue Jays don't have any more reviews to call. You know, those are the things that you know, is sometimes as they say it's better to be lucky than to be good. 
Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with pitching, 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 Rob. I think none of us expected our pitching to be anywhere near this good. And if you look at the the two best teams in the majors, they are the two teams with the lowest ERA, um, us and, and and the Dodgers. And uh, you know, Jameson Tarns had a, a fantastic start to the season, which I'll be honest, I just didn't expect. Um, yeah, he, he's he's looked really strong in his three games. Um, Monty, we did expect um, Cole had had a shaky start, but but that's uh, come back strong. Um, you know, Nesta's Nesta. It, it, it's been a really strong showing from our pitching rotation, which is going to set us up really well if that continues. I think the reality though is that um, you know there are people in the the batting lineup who who've performed. You know, kind of Who who'd have thought kind of was a three hundred hitter? He you know, and he he comes up in big spots and 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 drives in runs too. So, you know, he's he's done a really good job. Um, I, I sort of expected uh, Hicks to be to be on on it, and I'm glad he is. Um, disappointed with you know a couple of people. I I think we've got to sort of bring ourselves down a little bit in terms of people like Joey Gallo who are having a slow t- start to the season as they always do. But um, but he can pick up. Our, our catching situation is not ideal either. Um, you know, we've we've lost um, a, a backup catcher and replaced him with two backup catchers uh, who are struggling. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's overall it's been really good. But but what it does do uh, is hide some of the some of the issues that that could come back to bite us. And I think catching is one of them. And I think the lack of um, lack of quality at bats from Joey Gallo is is another big one. Can I pick you up on the catching points? I'm I'm not certain I fully agree. Although you clearly forgot more about baseball than I'll ever know. I think my impression of the catching, with that, Mark. my impression of the catching tandem we've got is I I agree offensively it's not great, but you know what behind the plate it's very solid, and I think that was what clearly some of the pitchers last season had had a and a problem with Sanchez from a defensive perspective. I think quite clearly Cole's now happy with either Trevino or Hickey. And I feel it, it seems very solid there. I saw Trevino throughout a run on the other night as well. So I'd take that, to be honest. Yeah, and, and when the rest of your batting lineup is is performing, you can, exactly. you can live with that. You can yeah. live with that. The, the, the question is, how long can you live with them both being well under 200 hitters in your lineup that that's the question and i think the answer is as long as they're allowing your pitching um to 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 have a sub three era across the board uh and as soon as that starts to change then you you start having to look at alternatives i think there are alternatives out there actually um which we may come on to later but but yeah um i i don't think it's a problem right now but it's the, the the good start to the season is masking some potential issues that might come back to bite us later. That's all I'm saying. That's that's, that's also a good thing. Thinking about it, we've had the start of the season we've had, and there are still areas to improve. We're not we're not having the start of the season going. Literally, nothing can get better. This is it. We're we're firing on all cylinders. We're 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 eight and 16, 750 baseball. And as Chris said, there are areas. Joey Gallo. Is 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 one, David Torres. Although he's starting to come round, needs to get a little, needs to be more consistent. Josh Donaldson needs to up his his level a little bit. Not too, not I'm not saying he's been awful, but he can definitely improve. The catching situation, you it was always the question, wasn't it? Gary Sanchez has the potential to be a, a bat and really carry a team, but his defense was always really bad. Now the two we got there, the defense is really good, but you're having to sort of up with subpar um, offense, which I don't think there's too many catchers in the league that can do sort of both sides. It tends to be one or the other. You tend to be really good offensively or you really good defensively. So it, there's areas to improve, and we've still and we've still got this record. It's a good thing for me. Yeah, for sure. And I think the. The the fact that we have got people who are doing like so kind of Judge, 
batting over 300 at the moment. We expect Judge to be there or thereabouts, but they will, you know, average out. The good thing is that those who are struggling at the moment, like your Gallows and your, um, your, uh, your uh, Trevinos and your um, uh, Higgies, hopefully they'll start an upward trend. So, so as as so the the others sort of come down and it balances it out and we still keep winning games. That that's the hope and that's what you you kind of want from your season, isn't it? So, so before the season started, we were remarking about how there was kind of like four first team four first team places for three infield spots, but the Yankees have done this kind of rotation policy. There's a different lineup or different shape of the lineup almost every night. What do you make of, of that? And has that contributed to the success? It can go one or two ways, can't it? You can go to keep the lineup fresh, people arrested, they're, 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 when they come in, they're not jaded. Or it can go the other way where too many changes can harm your harm your team. A bit like a football team manager, you're not going to change your starting 11 every single every single week. You need a settled lineup to a certain extent. So it just happens to be this worked out really well for the Yankees. The fact they've got um, Stanton playing right field quite often. The fact that judges, they're, they're more happy to judge at centre field. They've even played kicked at left field. It just frees up that DH as well. It allows you to keep hot bats in the lineup without having to force them into somewhere in, in the infield. So I think Boone's done a, re- Boone's done a really good job. Uh, not often we say that. Not often we have said that. I think Boone has done a really good job and as Rob said earlier on, we wanted to see whether they take these early games seriously because in the past they've not taken these early games seriously and a loss in April is the same as a loss in, in September. So, it, it um, it's, and Boone has sort of played it a bit more that these games count. So, yeah, the, the, the rotation of the infield has worked out well for the Yankees. It could quite have gone the other way though. I must admit, I like it, and I think I'm liking it because I think it'll pay dividends in sort of late late August, early September, when you get into the real nitty gritty and the dog days. Um, I think that's when keeping players fresh will pay dividends. Yeah, yeah, because they can they can sort of look really jaded some at time. So any days off you can get them without compromising your your team is a good thing. And equally, I like it if you if you have an injury, you're not asking a player to come in cold and fill in a position, you know, going with a cold bat by rotating the squad in the right way. And you will get injuries throughout the season. Then hopefully you've got someone to, to step in. Um, I'm liking the Castro in there. I think he's he's that kind of Topman-esque player that brings an energy and a gratitude. He's proper rapid. I mean, he is seriously, seriously rapid. Um, I can't believe we've been talking this song without mentioning Rizzo, really. I mean, Rizzo's just been, when we re-signed Rizzo, you're like, oh, I was pleased. I was, I was, I was very pleased. Everyone wanted, you know, everybody else, and we didn't get them. So, you know, we, we wanted Freeman. We got Rizzo. Rizzo is the absolute dogs at the moment. He's come back. Obviously, there was a, an illness issue last year with COVID. He's an absolute standout at the moment. And then, you know, not just the home runs, but his glove, he's, he's just got this confidence um, and I just like the way, you know, I like the way he's shaping up. I, I think with, with Gallo, he was looking shocking. He was gradually starting to put some at-bats together, look decent, but then he's got this injury. Um, Glaber, I'm quite, you know, you, you want to see a good Glaber back because there was a while there over over the winter period where you're like, where are you going to trade him because where else is he going to go? Um, and DJ is a leadoff hitter. Boom. We're, 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 you know, there were just, just so many positives. And I think the way we can move the the starting lineup around I'm you know I'm really happy with the moment and yeah you've got to give credit to Boone which does it just sits there in the throat sometimes it's just this little bit of, it's a little bit of choking uh, on that but yeah kudos to the dudes yeah it really is um, and once pitching 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 and Matt Blake when you know bear in mind he's been with us a couple of years now is this his second season now Matt Blake or is he's third I think. Uh, third I think but you, you've got someone like what you know you look at the pitching now and that, that switch to Castro just and things like that it's just it's all just looking sunny um, but obviously we're in very early very early days in a very long season so and it's not like me to get carried away so I'm just going to keep things nice and tempered go on Chris I, I was just going to say I, I think I, I agree with you guys I think it 
it's worked out really well. Um, but I have to say, I was really worried about it to start with. When I kept seeing it, I was like, oh, is this, is he real? Is this going to go in? And it's working. It's clearly working at this stage in the season. The reality is in a 162-game season, it might not work for the whole season. So we just need to be sort of, again, just hold on to it and, and make sure that it continues to work. Um, I, I, and, and it may well do. It may well work for the whole season. But equally, I think... I wonder, we're praising Boone for it, but I think we were cursing some stuff around the, you know, the analytics team who are making decisions for us. And there's a question for me as to whether the the roster construction day by day is done by Boone or whether it's done uh, another way, uh, as we've sort of alluded to in the past. So, yeah, I, I would t- I would temper it a little bit. It, it excites me, the fact that it might be, but yeah, I, I think I think it's one of them things. It's like you either you've got because when it goes wrong, we blame Boone. We always go Boone. What what the, the way he's managing the roster, the way he's managing players. Oh, so as 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 we've all said, as much as it sort of feels weird to say, you've got to praise him when it does go right. So you can't can't have it both ways. So I think if, as as Chris said, how much how much is Boone involved in picking a one one to nine? Is it? This is your lineup. You're gonna pretend it's yours, or has he actually had some input? I don't know, but I think I'll give him credit because you you can't prove it either way. So I think he's done no. really well, which is strange to say. I, I don't find it strange to say. It's nice to be able to say it. It's just yeah, like you say, it's dif- difficult to difficult to pin it on him when it and we don't know quite. Sh- we're not quite sure if that's the case, but yeah, happy with it either way. Going back to uh, Rizzo, what, what do you make of? There's a couple of times recently when he's when he stole well, once he did successfully stole third, but then recently in the game he got got thrown out, stealing third. This is an unusual play for Rizzo, surely. I don't quite know yeah. why he's why he's doing this. Again, it's one of the things that when it's going well, you kind of go, yeah, being aggressive. I like it. A bit more aggressive on the base path. Let's let's see let's see what they what can happen. If it's going the opposite way, you start to go, why are you doing that? So a lot of these decisions are probably easier to sort of stomach when things are going well. But I, I, I like it a bit of aggressiveness. I've seen too many Yankees teams that don't use the base pass to their advantage and don't. We even saw Giancarlo scoring from first yesterday. I mean... Yeah, he was chugging yes. around, really. Yeah, so stand up scoring from first. So, yeah. Long may it continue. I think it's a this precedence on the base paths lead to lead to sort of things that can happen in your favour. It may not always happen, it may not always be the right decision, but it's better than just standing still waiting for that home run. Hundred percent. Totally agree. And I, I I will coach my teams to be a really aggressive on the base paths and put pressure on the pitchers, put pressure on the defence to make plays. That if I'm Rizzo and I'm at second base looking to steal third, there's a few things I'm looking for. And quite a lot of the time it's with the pitcher and I'm looking at the pitcher to see, um, you know, what their moves are. And if he's picking up their moves and if the, the other, you know, the team are talking, which they will be about the, the pickoff moves of the pitcher, then, then you can, you can test it. Uh, and if I'm at second base, I'm testing it by taking a lead and continuing to take a lead um, until, hang on a minute, I'm halfway to third base. There's no point in me not st- trying to steal here. And that's what he did the, the time he got tagged out. Um, I think it was unwise and I wouldn't have done it in that situation when you're two out. It's, it's, that's that's not a not a good move, um, and uh, his his team will have been on his back for that. You 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 do not get you do not make that third out uh, at third base, but um, yeah, like if being aggressive on the base paths is is absolutely the way forward, and and La Castro has obviously been able to to do that. Uh, Hicks has looked pretty sprightly on the bases too, so yeah, uh, looking good for us, I think. Just rewinding a little bit, just before the start of the season, the Yankees announced that they hadn't come to an agreement with Aaron Judge on an extension. Rumours are that Judge was offered seven years, two ten million, so thirty million a season, and he turned it down, like all of us here would, of course. 
Um, what did you make of that? Because honest, I actually thought the Yankees showed relatively big here for a what is a thirty-year-old, thirty-one-year-old. Thirty-year-old this year, yeah. Thirty. I thought seven years, two ten. I thought that was about right myself. I was slightly surprised that Judge turned it down, albeit he's now leading the home run race. Um, so obviously playing very well. What did you guys make of that? I agree with you, Mark. I think that both sides came sort of didn't disagree with either side. You can't say the Yankees didn't give a fair and sort of representative offer. They put their money where their mouth is. Thirty million a year for a for a thirty year old is seven years is a fair and sort of competitive offer. You can't really say judges in the wrong either because he backs himself to get more. Why 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 wouldn't a player back themselves to get more money if he thinks he can get an extra $5 million a year or whatever that figure is. Fair play to him. He thinks it's, 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 the, fair play it's the, way the, the, the way the players react, though, to being on that early contract, isn't it? So he, he's in his 30s now and he's been on what we call minimum salary, but for you, for the rest of us, it would be a very nice salary. But I, he's kind of got to that stage now. You've let me get to 30. You've let me get to this stage. What was it twenty million dollars next year? I think was in the uh, was it was in the agreement. Yeah, so so uh, it was a fair offer, but you can see that he's going to get. I like the idea that he's going to back himself and he can cope with the pressure that he's going to keep on you know, making the plays that he does. And the Yankees aren't going to let him leave. I suspect what they'll do is they'll come up with seven years, but they'll front load the money even more. I would think because you don't want to be paying for crazy money for a 40-year-old player. I guess they'll come up with something like that. But he wanted Trout money, didn't he? That's that's the thing. He wants to earn more than Trout. Um, and that's quite a big call, really, because, <laughs> you know, in most people's opinions, he's the best player in baseball. So that's that's the, that's the balancing act. But I was worried it was going to affect his form. It hasn't done. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to make Mr. Steinbrenner put his hand in his pocket, because uh, if he goes, I think... There'll be all hell to pay in that city. All hell to pay. Yeah, there could be. I, I thought I thought it was a fair offer because players of Judge's body type don't necessarily last well. Um, and I, I I I can't fault the Yankees here. Sort of seven two ten. I thought was fair representative. Um, I can. I'll fault them. Go on then. Well, I I think he's worth as much to the Yankees as Trout would be, which is the best part of 35, 36 million a year, uh, inflation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if, you're, if you're doing that over seven years, you're looking at 250 minimum. Um, and that's where I think that we, we lowballed him. And in a guy who's going into a contract year, you can roll the dice a bit if you want to potentially lose the guy. But if you were serious about keeping him, uh, then you'd have you'd have thrown a bit more money at it. And I think I think they lowballed him is the answer. Um, you know, thirty million a year, fair. I think that I think the problem with the Yankees is we've been stung by long and big contracts before, um, and, and don't really want to commit to it. But at the same time, you know, Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge. We all agree that. You know he's a leader. He's a captain of this this team, and and he's done wonderful things for it in the last few years. That you know, potentially he's already paid for what he needs to pay for in terms of um, you know, jersey sales and and whatever else. And he'll continue to do that if he's a if he continues to perform the way he does. So, yeah, I, I don't. I I, th- I think the the Yankees lowballed him, and I don't understand why. I, I, I see your points, but I wouldn't, I, don't say they, I wouldn't say they lowballed him. Lowballing would suggest they offered him twenty-five million for a, a season. I don't, I don't mean they lowballed him. I think they, they, as as you said, Chris, they are still wary of having an Alex Rodriguez type deal and a Jacoby Ellsbury type deal happen, sort of blow up in their face. But you can't really blame them for that. That's, that's, they're a business in the day. They, they've got to take these things in. So I think yeah, 30 million yeah, was... I'll was, blame was, them for it. I'll blame well, them for it. They're, 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 they're a business. I don't care if they're a business. I want them to be the Yankees, where they pay a load of money for the best people in the business, and those best people club home runs. Oh, hang on. 
Darren yeah, Mark, Judge Mark, is that guy. Mark made a fair point. His, his injury history hasn't been perfect. Lowboard is a very harsh way to put it. Yeah, so that's I, my, I, my point. I, I agree. I don't think they lowballed him. And I don't think they were that far away. I think the rumours were that, let's say, he wanted 35, 36 um, for seven years. Or did he want, did he want eight years? Or, I think he wanted eight years as well. Which is 250 over seven, which is what I said. Uh, and so that's what he wanted. Pay the guy. He's, he's over the last few years, has probably earned that for you in, uh, in the, the stuff that he's done on and off the field. So for, for the sake of what, what the difference is 40 million, like you're the Yankees. Are, are you the Yankees? Not so sure. If, you, if you're not, not willing to do that and you're willing to let him go to free agency in a year that he started the way he has, <laughs> dangerous because all of a sudden his value goes straight up. If, if he gets through this year, not injured, playing 140 games, clubbing 300 and, and bringing home 40 home runs, all of a sudden that, that 250 goes up to 300 and you've been mugged. There's a great problem where Steve Cohen was willing to write off 40 million of Robinson Cano's <laughs> contract. Mm, mm. <laughs> so, Very good point. And, and that will be worth an awful lot, you know, for the Mets to step in there and fill that, that, that will unsettle things. And this is a guy that's going to play around with the system and he's going to, you know, he wanted them to make a baseball decision on this. I, I think it's, like I say, I, I didn't, I thought the offer, I was surprised he didn't take it, but I agree with, in terms of how many shirts have 99 on the back in that stadium, you know, how many of them I would, I would guess the largest percentage. You've got an area of the stadium named after him. He 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 is <laughs> he generates some very serious wedge, and it's high stakes because they're going to have to pay a hell of a lot if he continues at this rate. And we talk about the injury history because last year he wasn't injured. He's starting to you know maybe you know find uh, the best way of looking after his body. It just seems. It will, it would be devastating. I mean, because he, he made all the noises about wanting to stay a Yankee at the start. Sometimes I think you can get lowballed on that, as long as they keep the relationship pleasant. Um, but there's going to be some twitchy bums at the end of this season, I'll tell you that. Mm, interesting. I, I, as you were saying that, Chris, I'm just sort of imagining a certain Scotsman completely agreeing with you and uh, nodding his head at the podcast right now, uh, as I think Kev would uh, certainly agree with you. Um, just looking elsewhere in baseball, whilst the Yankees' offense is doing quite well, offense as a whole is is down. I think the league average is around two thirty one, um, which is I think the lowest on since nineteen sixty eight, which was the um, sort of the, the, the picture we were in the high mound. Some people are attributing this to a change yet again in the ball, and evidence seems to be sort of alluding to this. Rob, I know you, this is something that... Um, oh, yeah. Well, you, this is, I, I, was, I was reading about this and I was watching some, some of the MLB network the other day. Um, and in Colorado last year, they brought uh, uh, a humididor, uh, humididor uh, for, the, uh, for the baseballs. They've had it for a while. Sorry. They've yeah. had it for a while, yeah. Um, and now they're saying that every team in MLB... Is going to has them this year, and the intention that they uh, changes the density of the ball so that it doesn't carry as far when it takes the humidity, puts the humidity into the ball to make it heavier at the start of the season, and it will take it out in the summer months. So you might find a very different track that the ball actually takes over the course of the year because it does seem. I like this. I must admit, when you get. It's the players who are—it sounds ridiculous saying this—but the players who should be hitting home runs are hitting home runs, and the players who you would not anticipate getting home runs—you know—we're we're seeing a lot more ball in play. We're seeing a lot more base running. I like this version of baseball, but I don't know what guys think about it. You know, if there is a possibility of changing the density of the ball, are we going to go back to? And, and then is it going to switch back in the postseason again in the colder months? It just seems to be an interesting um, manipulation of the main part of the game, which I'm not entirely sure 
ethically where we <laughs> where we stand with that. If you're going to take out the spider attack and stuff like that, it just seemed like an odd thing to read about. Personally, I think they've messed about with the ball a bit too much recently. I still don't understand why MLB themselves are in charge of it. It, it should be done by some independent company um, who produces a standard ball. Um, I'm not quite sure why they'd actually put humidify in now for the balls and then take it off in the summer because surely when it's hotter, balls travel easier through the air anyway and I'm not an aerodynamics expert, but that's my understanding. So, yeah, I, more balls in play, fine, but I think at some stage they've just got to get to a standard ball and, and stop messing about with it and actually come clean on what they have been doing with it. It reminds me of um, the sort of the cricket how like in England they use one manufacturer of a, of a cricket ball and in Australia they use a different manufacturer of a cricket ball so essentially when you're playing in different countries the, the balls are the balls are different so sort of equating the baseball in, in the sort of early months it's one baseball and then it gets changed to another baseball just as, as you said Mark, just keep it standard standard baseball and I think it's overthinking it. I think it's trying to just just play. You use a baseball and play the game. I mean, I saw things a bit sort of over the top for my life. I think. Chris, as a uh, as a player amongst, as you probably know more about balls than the rest of us, what do you make of it? <laughs> you want my my experience on balls? Um, I. So, in the British baseball leagues, we can use four different types of balls. Uh, when I throw them, it, or when people throw them, I think that you do have people who have preferences for sure. Um, there clearly seems to be a difference between the ball that they started the season with and the ball that they're using now. I don't know what that is. Um, and I don't know why that is, but you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Mark. I, I think it shouldn't be done by Major League Baseball. It should be a standard that Major League Baseball set for someone else to manufacture to that standard. And um, yeah, I, I think it, it's clear that there are some issues around the the ball and the fact that it's changed. Um, you know, a, a a ball coming off a bat at 170 miles and uh, 107 miles an hour should travel uh, at a specific exit velo should travel a, a certain significant distance and and all of a sudden it's not in certain places so yeah it it doesn't stack up and major league baseball need to stop the rumors about the the ball stop the changes with the ball uh, and just just stick with with something and I think you're right that the way to do it is get somebody independent to make it to a set of standards that they set will they do that I sincerely doubt it I think they'll keep playing with it and um, I think we'll end up keep talking about it uh, do, does it matter so long as all the teams are using the same ball the same day and for the same number of games no it doesn't um, if however uh, the American League are using uh, ball type A for 100 games and ball type B for 62 games, and the reverse is true of the National League, then that puts a very different slant on the on the competition. Um, like you need to keep the competition fair, and, and over a 162 game season, that's a, a, an interesting thing to be able to do. And I think the other thing that um, that change with the CBA this year was the the change to allow Major League Baseball to make changes within 45 days rather than a season, um, which will be interesting to see how they use that throughout the season and whether that's I don't think that's to do with the ball, but you know whether that's to do with the rules or whether that's to do with anything else. Um, you know, 45 days is a very short period of time in a 162 game season or a six month season. Yeah, I mean, is the ball solely responsible for a, a, an average of 231 across MLB? 
I don't, I don't think, think it is solely. Uh, I can't think it's no. solely responsible, but I, I think it absolutely has has an impact. If you, if your if your exit velo off the bat is 107 miles an hour and your exit angle is you know between 15 and 20, you're expecting that to go 400 yards. Uh, sorry, 400 feet. You're expecting that to to leave a ballpark. And if it's not and it's landing in the right fielder or left fielder's glove, then absolutely that's going to drop. Um, drop major league averages but what i would say is the number that you've quoted uh earlier the the 231 average yeah i, I think if you look back to last season I, I, I listen back to some of our podcasts for, for the middle to back end of last season we were in the same boat it was almost i think it was almost exactly the same i think it was i think this is slightly lower but i, I would put forward another theory it's, I, and again it's not i'm not, not claiming credit for it but <clears throat> Another reason why averages may be lower is teams have been running with 28-man squads. A lot of teams have been loading their pitching, so carrying 14, 15 pitches out of that 28. Um, the Yankees did for a while. I think the Yankees had 16 out of 28. Consequently, you've got relievers, and because starting pitches aren't necessarily all fully warmed up, you've got relievers coming in who has been told, yeah, Give it all the gas you want, guys, because we've got two or three other guys who can come in after you and two or three in the other nights. So you can have your rest then. So I think relievers aren't necessarily pacing themselves. They're just throwing all out. Yeah. Also, the um, you know the, the the reduced spring training might have something to do with it, too. Um, you know, <laughs> both pitchers and batters, it's, it's quicker, quicker for a batter to get up to speed than it is for a pitcher. So it, it might be that pitchers are taking a while to uh, to catch up. I mean, Cole's a perfect example of that for me. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, Cole was a worry the first start of the season. Um, that game in Detroit, when you know he pitched 1.2 innings, he could not get any grip on the ball in that second inning at all. It was cold. It's Detroit, so it's going to be cold. Um, but he was clearly suffering from a lack of tack. Uh, wasn't comfortable. At all, it wasn't much of a surprise when he got knocked out in the second inning. But he seemed to be a bit distracted at the start of the season with, you know, first of all, Billy Crystal going on for four minutes more than he should have done. Then this game in Detroit when a couple of Detroit pitchers got knocked out early, one through injury. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think, yeah, the, the spring training has had an impact on some of the pitchers as well. It has, but I think that the, the, your point around the four minutes is something that Cole needs to just get the hell over. Um, I, I don't care who you are or how much money you're being paid, uh, or or if you're paying to play. Um, you know, you ha having a routine is absolutely fine, but you can't rely on that routine because it's not going to work. You can't turn up to an away game and expect the same routine to work as your is your home games you can't you know and even when you do have a home game where you think everything's in line you know you've got to have a plan to be able to still execute bearing in mind the fact that you're being paid 300 million find a way to execute your pitches and make sure that your routine gets you into a mindset where you can throw strikes um not where you can blame billy crystal for it and like don't get me wrong like it, you you cannot just come out and blame Billy Crystal for your poor outing. I'm sorry. Don't care who you are. One thing that uh, also happened during the Yankees games, we had a series in Detroit and we successfully managed to avoid Miguel Cabrera getting his 3,000th hit against the Yankees, including a very controversial walk in the... Uh, in the uh, eighth inning to Cabrera. Did you guys see that one? Did you make of it? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. You've got there's two sides to it, isn't it? There's the ultra-competitive, logical baseball manager's side, which is do what the Yankees done. But then there's the fan in us that just loves the game and just wants to see these things because they're cool. And Miguel Cabrera is one of the best hitters of the generation. So you want to see him try and get it and what the Yankees did probably doesn't sit well with you if you look at it for purely purely from a fan's point of view but from a game point 
a game point of view in a uh, trying to win a baseball game, they probably did the right thing. Oh yeah, but we're we're fans. We're we're fans. I know I wanted to see him try and get it, but hey, he's there for Detroit games, aren't they? If I'm a Detroit fan and I'm in there and the walk, (laughs) Mm. Uh, I'm I'm having a right hissy fit about that one. But from a Yankees point of view, Aaron Boone is judged on Yankees results, not on whether (laughs) Cabrera gets three thousand hits. So didn't I? I, I, It didn't bother me at all, really. I think the Yankees made the right call um, because it was to try and get to Meadows, who was a lefty. Doesn't hit lefties very well, and then go figure what happens. He hits a loop double, um, so it backfired. But I think still think it was the right play to make. Absolutely the right play to make. Absolutely the right play. And it's it's yeah, it, it, it's a game situation. You don't just say, oh well, he might get his. Yeah, you know, he's got seven. Uh, sorry, sorry, he's got thirty th- percent um, chance of hitting his 3000th hit on this pitch or on this at bat. So yeah, we'll, we'll just let him have a go. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. It's Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> you don't let him have a chance. You intentionally walk him. And and I'm surprised he's got 3000 so quickly, quite frankly, um, considering the amount he should have been walked. Okay. So we've got this 11 game running streak. Which, to be fair, was something that we are in an easy part of the schedule right now. If you look at teams we've played, we've played Detroit, Cleveland, Kansas City, all teams from a very weak AL Central. Um, These are teams who, you know, we ought to have been winning most of those series in any event. The fact that we've then swept all those series is a bonus. We then come into... Toronto, who are a different kettle of fish, and we've managed to keep the streak going by winning the first two there. Any thoughts on the game tonight and also the upcoming series against Texas? You look at the starting pitching matchup and you think almost the Yankees, you sort of start getting greedy now and you start looking and you're going, well, we should win it. (laughs) Because Cortez (laughs) against Kikuchi, it's... um, it's there to be one, isn't it? So you can you go in there thinking, oh, if we, could, if we can nick a series 2-1, we'd be happy. Do you know what I mean? It's keep keep the damage down against Toronto because they are a good side. But now, <laughs> when you're on an 11-game winning streak, you're one, two in, a, uh, two in a row against them and you see the pitching matchup, you go, oh, I'd be a bit disappointed if we lose tonight. So, yeah, I, I like it. You, you realise in the morning you might be sending a tweet out saying, I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. yeah, it's, it's going to end now, isn't it? But um, yeah, yeah you're just getting greedy. I'm getting greedy now. I want, I want to win. I want to sweep them again. If we go into Toronto and sweep the Blue Jays in in Toronto, that's a big statement, an early message for a lot of big teams that we're we're real. We're we're for real. What, one of the good is, things I mean, about- is this is. On, so is this game about Nesta? Is this game about Nesta or is it about Kikuchi? Because, you know, what we've got to do is knock him out of the game as soon as as soon as possible. That's what you've got to... I mean, I think the, the first three innings are going to be absolutely massive in this in this game. Because if you knock him out of the game and, and get to their bullpen again, that's that's exactly where we need to be. And against this lad, that's what you fancy. Mm. One of the good things about this series for me was the fact that we didn't leave anybody at home because they hadn't had the COVID injections. So, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, thank you very much for uh, getting injections. I have to say, tease some sense, but that's depending on your physical point of view. Um, but I was pleased that we could take everybody at least, which I know yeah, that game might have been last night's game might have been very different if we hadn't. Because mm. been Boston Josh. recently, and Tanner Houck had to stay at home. It was his turn up, but he had to stay at home. He 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 objects to taking the injection, so it has affected other teams as well. Good. Yeah, it makes very sense. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. You get the injection, you, you can play. Simple as that, isn't it? There's no other ways about it. So, yeah, happy, happy I'm, days. I'm glad, done. Aff- I'm glad it hasn't affected us. Mm. Uh, thoughts on so Texas? You're, you're, so, I, I think if you look further ahead to the rest of the month, you've got Texas and you've got the White Sox, haven't you? That, that, that there are the, 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 the ones that are coming up. 
And Blue Jays again. We got the Blue Jays again. Yeah, we got the Blue Jays again. But I think we have got two series against the White Sox, and we've got one against Texas. And I think, I think, I'm, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think quite a few of the people on this podcast picked Chicago White Sox to win the, the AL Central this year, and and I wouldn't disagree with that for a second. Um, I think they're a very dangerous team, and we've got you know we what we don't want to do is is come into Chicago when they're starting to to ramp up and start to, to start to get those wins. So um, ho- hopefully they continue with their their vein of form, and I think Texas are the same. Um, I think they've got a they've got a good team that just hasn't gelled yet, and as soon as they start to gel, they'll fire. And um, yeah, I just don't want that to happen in the month of May. Just for reference, at the moment their records are Chicago are ten and thirteen, Texas are nine and fourteen. Um, Chicago haven't performed so far, no doubt about it, and they've lost Jimenez for a couple of months, haven't they? Yeah, I think um, when it when it comes to Texas, you say they haven't quite gelled yet, but I think we thought it on the preview pod that their pitching will be their main issue this season. They're hitting the lineup they got for their, their sort of their offense is very very good, but they're Pitching isn't the best, so the way our way, way our offense has sort of, sort of approached the sort of the offense side of it, I think, yeah, oh, I don't, don't see why we can't keep this role continuing into it. And then we got at the end of the month, we got our first visit of the or visit to the truck, which is always a lovely experience. Yeah, we're playing Tampa quite late this year, aren't we? Yeah, the 26th is our first meeting against them, which is very quite late in the season. Okay. So, any final thoughts from any of you on the way it's going? Any concerns? Anything else? Any glimmers of light that you'd like to shine for our podcast audience? Enjoy it. Enjoy it, because it doesn't always go like this. I think you just enjoy it. Make the most of it, because it could quite easily go the other way. You just never know. So enjoy it. Enjoy the fact we're, I think we're eight games ahead of Boston already, which is always a nice, always a nice little thing to look at and, and sort of see. So yeah, just enjoy it. Enjoy it whilst we're sort of limited on injuries. We haven't got many injuries. So just, yeah, enjoy the team playing well for a change. I think there's a danger sometimes when you look at what other teams have done to forget, you know, think of almost think of ourselves as an underdog. And actually what we're seeing is because the poor performances last year, we're seeing some really good players. We've got some really, really good players who played for the New York Yankees who are playing really well. Um, and that's always a joy to watch. And I think we've got a nice, you know, DJ is the leadoff hitter. We, 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 you know, we, we, we seem to be playing well. Um, and that's just, I mean, for me, our bullpen, I think, are going to be crucial. As long as we don't lean into them too heavily now, give them plenty of rest time. I think we're in for a, I think we're in for a good time. I think the White Sox series and 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 Tampa, they're the series that we've got to look forward to. But uh, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I'm, I'm just enjoying what we're seeing at the minute after the way we started the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it too. And I think it, it'll be interesting to see how we, we get through May from the 10th to the 29th, we don't have a day off. So it, it's a busy, busy May uh, where we, uh, I was wrong, we only have one series against the White Sox, but it's it's a, it's a four-game series. We do have two series against the Orioles uh, in that time, actually. So we have a four-game. Yeah, we have, two, we have two series against the White Sox in May. We do. I did get that right. Okay, yeah, yeah you're right. Home, you're right. Home, we, and away, yeah. home and away. Yeah, okay. So the, the, the reality there is that we've we've got, opportunities to to mix the squad around to 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 keep going on the on the trajectory we're on and that's like you're if you're playing the orioles uh seven times you expect seven wins um and we've talked about this before we've dropped we've dropped games against them that we shouldn't have done and and so long as we we come out of that series with with sort of five out of the seven at least which I can't see us being a problem. And uh, with the two White Sox series, ideally, again, you take four out of four out of six of those. We come out of that with that kind of um, that kind of momentum, then um, 
and, and keep this momentum going that we've we've started in May, then yeah, we're, we're going to look really dangerous become the end of May. I think with that, we'll wrap it up. Um, gents, thanks for your time tonight. Where can people find you on social media, the various aspects, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok? Where can... Where, where, where do you prostitute yourselves Tinder. on these? <laughs> I'll go first. You can find me on Twitter on at Mark Blakemore. And on Twitter, I'm at Rob Ratty, and I also will be publishing this on the Facebook page uh, when I edit it, provided my internet works like it's not working tonight. <laughs> Uh, you find me um, at NYYankeesUK, as um, as I'm sure you're all aware by now. And you can find me at Free Rain UK and most things, uh, tweeting about general baseball stuff, sometimes Yankees stuff, sometimes British baseball stuff. You, you were modelling a nice little kit the other day, Chris, weren't you? What was that about? I was. I I went to the Battle for Britain tournament, which was hosted by Kent Baseball Club and uh, sorry, Kent Buccaneers Baseball Club, and um, yeah, got to help coach and manage uh, a team called the Legends, uh, who competed in the elite division, um, and yeah was was really good bunch of uh, players essentially from great britain's under 18s and under 23s program and uh, and, a, and a few others as well and um, yeah it was it was loads of loads of fun over 3 days uh, to to work with those guys and um, yeah the kit looks good the the teams that that work with the legends with j rod and and with matt moran um yeah they're great. They're a great bunch, and they're, they're going to be. Uh, they're going to continue to to rake in British baseball for a long time. Good stuff. Okay. So with that, we'll say good night. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers, gents.